You're listening to Using Your Head, the second of a five-part series of podcasts on leadership in the new era with Pete Coxon and Paul Nordy. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Uh, So today uh, we continue with our sequence of five essential leadership topics for for the business new era. Uh, So I'm Paul Nordy, and uh, my colleague is Peter Coxon. So we're going to discuss today the uh, Using Your Head, which is the second topic in, in, in the series of five. So maybe, Peter, uh, maybe you could give an overview of uh, what uh, what you mean by using your head in, in a business context. Yes, well, well, we'll pick up from the previous podcast of uh, looking at the big picture and forward thinking and just recognizing we need to stop and think, how do we best communicate with our, our colleagues, the rest of the team, the rest of the organization? And how do we communicate with regard to this big picture? So it's, it's vital that we get this right, and it's a more difficult time to communicate effectively. And there's a lot of what's called hybrid leadership around now, where we're, we're talking with people in the room, and we're talking with other people in the building, and then we're talking with people who are working from home with all the, the distractions that they might have as well, so working remotely. So it's more critical than ever that we make sure our communications are are fit for purpose. And there's plenty of organizations where it's not brilliant at the best of times. And John Covey refers to one of the main reasons why change initiatives fail to deliver on their promises. Uh, It's a failure, he says, by a factor of tenfold or a hundredfold, um, a failure to communicate effectively. So we'll have a chance to look at what might that need to be in this new era. Yep. So I, I start off immediately with, um, with one of my questions really to, to the audience. So how well do you communicate with your employees? Um, whether you've got a hybrid or whether it's completely remote or you've got everyone in, um, there are challenges in getting this right. Certainly when you're working remotely, Zoom type meetings can work really well and efficiently for, for some people, they're quite enjoying it. And whilst others can get disengaged, I've caught myself doing that myself at times, uh, distractions can rise over time. And some people are referring to, what's the phrase, being Zoomed out these days. Um, I've started actually with, um, with clients wherever I can when it's one-to-one of offering a, a walk and talk session from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly when we're thinking about the big picture, it's yeah. good to get out outdoors in the open air, somewhere where you've got a view up on a hill, yeah. um, somewhere on the coast, uh, yeah, perfect. where you can think big. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess the, I guess one of the critical aspects of <clears throat> zooming out is uh, is a lack of variety of uh, of methods. Yeah. Uh, some it, people might fall into a uh, a deep trench of uh, Zoom calls, which can get very repetitive and uh, lack direction, involvement, uh, maybe the communication because it's you're not in the physical uh, space is not so good. Uh, so I think it's important for leaders to consider if different people, maybe uh, different mechanisms appeal, and that's something you have to work out. But in general, a mixture of Zoom calls, conference calls, one-to-one calls, uh, I think, helps uh, keep uh, the relationship fresh uh, and I think keeps keep, stops this kind of uh, 
fatigue of uh, of video calling. Yeah, I think that I think that's right. So more than ever, um, there are questions about how we manage these meetings that you might wish to revisit. Um, so what is the purpose of the different agenda items that you have? That's a, a simple question to ask, but uh, quite hard sometimes to answer. Why you got this agenda item on, on the list? What, what are you trying to get out of it? What's your objective? What response therefore do you need from your participants? And depending on the answer to those two questions, how many people should you invite for these different kinds of meetings. So if, Paul, for instance, it's an agenda item is just for information giving, then you can address the whole organization. You can address the whole country. The queen can speak to millions at Christmas. And mm. uh, you might just ask a few for a few questions uh, just for clarification so that people get the message. But actually, if you're looking for a discussion, then an absolute maximum of 12 people and preferably smaller. Yeah. And in a group of 12, you'll expect to get good contributions from three to four, moderate contributions from three to four, and little or, or nothing from the other three to four. Mm. So don't set yourself up to yeah. make it difficult for people to be engaged. I, I, I often attend Zoom calls and some of the more successful sessions have uh, an independent moderate, moderator who's yeah. watching for questions coming in uh, on the Zoom system. And and uh, and ultimately interrupting uh, the speaker and, and fundamentally interacting with the call because if you're speaking, it's very difficult to to speak, uh, catch everyone's attention, and keep an eye on, on on questions that are coming through on the sideband. Yeah. So, so you're, you're you're slightly ahead of me on this in a way, oh, okay. but we'll, okay. we'll, 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 no, we'll absolutely come to this. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let me just think about the other kind of uh, purposes of agenda items. So if, for instance, you need to make some decisions, well, you can make decisions amongst a large group of people if you just want to use a voting system. Mm. But if you want discussion first and a sharing of views, then again, that's smaller group. If you want to solve a problem, then a group of six is, is more than enough. Then you can really get into the, the, the nitty gritty of things. And of course, if it's a problem which is an interpersonal problem, there's a conflict of views between people about what we should do, Mm. then if you want to resolve those conflicts, then actually having two or three maximum representatives who can represent the different views mm. um, and work through um, the appropriate process. Yeah. So there are processes for all of this, but you need to remind yourself what's the purpose and therefore what process should I use? And that's where it's really useful if you can have a process leader. So uh -huh. rather than the kind of classic chairperson yeah, yeah. who might be all the more directive or, or, or the boss just chooses to run the meeting yeah. um, where people are likely to just agree with the boss if we're not careful. Um, better to have someone manage the process but for each particular agenda item and yeah. make sure that you give people, everyone an opportunity to speak. Now in some groups where we've got a few that aren't contributing, will you go for the breakout rooms? and say, okay, we're gonna have five minutes or 10 minutes into your breakout groups uh, to discuss this. And then could someone represent that small group? That way you'll get everyone contributing and, and engaging in it. But you need someone to manage the technical side of that process as well, to press yeah, the yeah. right buttons yeah, to yeah. take you into your breakout rooms as seamlessly as possible. Yeah. 
No, I think it's a it's a good it's a good process. I've seen it work very well, um, especially in that kind of group uh, situation where uh, an independent moderator uh, is 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 incredibly useful to uh, 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 let's say bring in those additional topic points or question points. Absolutely. Mm. So it's good to manage people's expectations about what participation you're, you're hoping for, what what process you're going to use. That takes a little bit of training up to start with, but once yeah, you've yeah. got the hang of it, yeah, yeah. it can be much more efficient, much more engaging, and people yeah. get much more out of it. Yeah. So yeah. I think what's critical is for you to consider what might work best for your situation, for any particular item, for the people you want to talk with, and then review it on a regular basis and seek some feedback from people yeah. with yeah. specifically with ideas for improvement from your colleagues. So yeah. invite yeah. that. At the end of the meeting, a quick two-minute round or something. Suggestions for improvement. Yeah, I think that's wise. Uh, I think uh, ultimately uh, not everyone responds to the same uh, kind of communication process. Uh, and ultimately uh, you have to get that variety in and you have to some, somehow customise your uh, leadership communication uh, to the individual and the group, yeah. Uh, clearly, to the group, the, your, your options are limited. But uh, communicating to the individual, it should be based on what you perceive and what feedback you get uh, is going to give get you the the optimum results, right? Some people don't like, you know, there there are, there are also different people who don't like to be, uh, let's say, in in so much contact. They like to be left alone to 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 uh, execute a task. Or some people like to be uh, communicated with, uh, you know, every hour, every two hours, or something, just to say hi, how are you? Yeah, uh, it's very, it's a, human nature is very varied, and uh, uh, and uh, solutions are very uh, varied as as a consequence. Yeah. Yes, and we'll pick up on uh, session uh, four. Okay. This issue of um, the 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 emotional connection, if you okay. like, the one to one, yeah. the, the more personal interaction. But okay. for now, we've been looking at how we communicate when we're referring to the big picture and the way forward. Yeah. So we we've, we've reviewed um, what we need to do in the light yeah. of uh, the, the changing circumstances. Yeah. Once you've got agreement in principle, as to the way we're going forward, then you need to determine some new goals. Well, we all know about setting goals. What, yeah. I, what I like to do with my clients is to invite them to say, first of all, so what are your secure goals? What can you aim to achieve, let's say this year, and mm. um, that you're 90% confident of achieving? in the new circumstances. What are you still nevertheless thinking? Yeah, we can absolutely do that, no problem. Barring, you know, some other massive typhoon that blows the building over metaphorically, um, then we can definitely do that. Yeah. And I then ask people, and again, they're quite familiar, to say, so what would be a realistic stretch goal that we can set ourselves? Mm. I don't like the idea of imposing it on other people I like the idea of people working out for themselves. So what could we do if we really got ourselves organized, if we were really good, if we were the best? Yeah, well, I think, I think we've seen some uh, extraordinary efforts. Uh, you know, a, a great example is the vaccine uh, delivery, right? Where maybe a seven year process has been condensed into one, yeah? Uh, 
Uh, you're, you're ahead of me again, Paul, as, as, as ever. I'm, I'm playing catch up here. So what I'm saying is having a realistic stretch, you yeah. might say, well, actually, let's say we're 60-odd we're percent confidence of getting that. It's not, it, it's not for certain. There's yeah. all sorts of things that could stop us, but we've got a reasonably decent chance if we, if we have a good run-up at it yeah. and we get ourselves really organised. Yeah. And then we come to, I think, in a sense, what you're referring to, which I call the barrier-breaking goals. Okay. So I'd say, so if there was nothing to stop you, if you were the best you could ever be, individually and collectively, if you were helicoptered in to this organization because you were the best in the world to do what you've got to do, yeah. and nothing could stop you, you were an immovable force, mm. What could you achieve this year yeah, yeah. If, you could, if you could break down all the typical barriers that you're likely to face? What okay. could you achieve? Yeah. And that's, I think, more, more like where they've, they've somehow condensed a 10-year process into, into less than one. Yes, yeah, a great example of, uh, of ultimately what can be achieved. So I think uh, that was a, a great session, Peter. Uh, and... Uh, we uh, look forward uh, to the next session, which will be uh, session three. Uh, yes, we're going, to, we're going to look at, so once we've set those barrier-breaking goals, let's have a jolly good look at, so what are these barriers? What are the things that could still stop you from achieving your vision, stop you from achieving these uh, big, hairy, audacious goals that you're setting yourself? Great. Yeah, we'll have uh, a good look at that next time. Great. I look forward to uh, talking with you and, uh, and listening to your insights. So thank you again, Peter. Okay. See you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.